This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. As usual, in studio with me is my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? You don't really want to ask that question, do you? Oh, yeah. You're yeah, in one I've, of those I've been, moods. I'm yeah. in one of those moods today. Uh, I've been suffering from a head cold all week long. And as my wife tells me, I get pretty miserable with the smallest, the smallest of uh, so you're, so you're a big suck as usual. Like I'm a big all, suck all as usual. Are. So I'm going to forewarn you and all my listeners. I may be a little bit, a little <laughs> bit ornery today. A little, little things got under my saddle. A uh, little bit upset about a few things. Uh, I can mention a few of them. Uh, Kenny Stabler made the uh, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, he didn't make it while he was still alive. We talked about that earlier in the year, Naz. I don't want to belabor it. Uh, uh, he really should have been in the Hall of Fame while he was still alive. Yeah, great quarterback. Uh, Leafs uh, didn't get the NHL All-Star game next year. It's their 100th anniversary. I'm a little bit uh, upset about that. Uh, you, you achieve a 100-year anniversary. I think they should have got the NHL All-Star game. There's a couple other things. But let's move on to something a little bit more positive, which is it's the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl. Yeah, 50th Super Bowl. That's right. And uh, I still remember the first one. Uh, I, I, and like you, Naz, I'm sure you've seen every single one of them. I've seen every single one of them and I've seen the first, in fact, the first two weren't even called the Super Bowl back then. The first ones were called the AFL NFL championship. And the first one was Kansas city chiefs and green Bay Packers at the, uh, I'm relying strictly on memory here. Vince and, Lombardi. Uh, Vince Lombardi, Hank Stram, yeah. Bart Starr, Lenny Dawson. Max McGee was the star of that game, if I, my memory serves me correctly. And, uh, in fact, uh, it was almost half empty, the stadium, at the very first one. That's how little interest there was in the first one. Boy, because have they, have they come a long way. They've come a long way, and they really felt like, uh, you know, in the beginning, the NFL was just going to blow the AFL away. Uh, and there was very, very little interest in in the first Super Bowl Uh in fact, I recall that the Buffalo Bills almost almost made it. I wouldn't almost made it to the first Super Bowl. The AFL Championship that year was held in Buffalo at the old War Memorial. You must remember that one really well, Ness. The, the old War, War Memorial. Memorial. Kansas City beat Buffalo in the AFL Championship in in uh, I don't know if it was late 1966 or early 1967. And then, of course, does that was the first of the infamous Green Bay-Dallas NFL Championship games, uh, which uh, the first one was in Dallas that Green Bay won. And, of course, the next year was the infamous Ice Bowl where uh, 
Bart Starr uh, lined up, I think, behind Jerry Kramer and took it in. They played in minus 900 degrees below zero in Green Bay. But uh, the Super Bowl started off uh, not, not with a huge amount of fanfare 50 years ago, but it's really remarkable. Joe Namath was the one who turned that around, really, because of the prediction that uh, the Jets would win the third Super Bowl. Absolutely. And everybody, and he, it was did. the third Super Bowl in Miami. It was against Baltimore, It right? was against Baltimore, and uh, Baltimore was considered a super team. Uh, memory serves me correctly, I mean, Johnny Unitas was, uh, was their quarterback, but I don't think Johnny U started that game. I think Earl Morrill Earl Morrill did. started that game. Earl yeah. Morrill started that game, and I think they brought Unitas in in the second half. He was... Uh, he was injured, and uh, you know that was that was the one that really uh, really turned it around. But I, you know, you look back, and history seems to suggest that. But I think the one that because re- the Jets won that game. I don't remember that you can actually say they actually they deserved to win the game. I'm not going to suggest otherwise, but they didn't completely dominate the Colts. There no, were, no, no. There were a couple, but the Colts were uh, two touchdown favorites. Yeah, too, the right? Colts they were huge favorites. Um, but the Colts really didn't, uh, you know, there were a couple of plays in that game that have gone a different way. The game could have been a bit closer. The, uh, the ultimate result was 16-7 for the Jets and thoroughly deserved. And uh, But I think what turned around NFL history was not so much that game, was the game that came the year after when Kansas City played Minnesota in, in Super Bowl Four, Yeah, and they wiped them out. And that was the game that really hit home that the AFL was the equal of the NFL because Hank Stram, Len Dawson, Otis Taylor, the the Chiefs actually dominated the Vikings in yeah. Super Bowl four and completely dominated them the whole game. And that completely obliterated the myth that the NFL was a better league than the AFL. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh went over to the AFC yeah, then they and stayed, there was all sorts of stuff done. Yeah, and then that's, that. I think it, after, after, the, after that year, the AFL and the NFL merged. That's right. They merged and became just the NFL with the NFC and the AFC. And you're right, Naz. Uh, Pittsburgh used to be an NFL team, moved over to the AFC, and the Colts. Yeah. Uh, the Colts moved over. For, and they, I mean, you know, the Colts were a marquee uh, NFL franchise, and they moved them over to the and AFC. And Cleveland ended up in the uh, And Cleveland as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know if there was a fourth team. Was there a fourth team as I well? I can't remember, but I know those three for sure. Those three moved over from uh, – and then, you know, we're 50 years later, and – the NFL, you know, the it's the it is it. I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying it is the premier, premier sporting event in the world. One point three billion chicken wings in the states today. <laughs> One point three billion chicken, chicken wings, wings are going to be consumed in the USA today. So, and you know, if we're going to talk about chicken wings, Naz, if you're going to throw that in, then we've got to put a plug in for our sponsor, of course. Uh, well, they're going to be busy today. Our pride sponsor, Pizzaville. Uh, of course, Angelo and Stephanie up uh, up at Pizzaville. It's going to be a big day for the people at Pizzaville. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, they've got a. They've got a great Raptor that's become a spokesman for their product. There's a huge big ad on the back of the Toronto Sun Sports section today featuring Jonas Valanciunas, who uh, looks like he's thoroughly enjoying a uh, pepperoni pizza from the good people at Pizzaville. So it's, it's certainly our pleasure to give that a plug on what is probably their busiest day of the year. If you got an opportunity, the number is 416 736 I'm not going to say free sex, free sex. Seven, you three, just six, did. <laughs> three, six, three, six. Call Pizzaville. They'll certainly fill your order today. 
They've got large five-topping pizzas, ponzo combos, and as you say, Naz, a whole bunch of wings. And it's certainly, I highly recommend it. Give the good folks at Pizzaville a call. Just want to give uh, the folks an indication of what uh, what's happening the rest of the show. Uh, right after the break, we've got Eddie Andelman, the godfather of sports radio, who's certainly, he's seen every single Super Bowl. We're looking forward to talking to him. Legendary sports talk radio host from Boston. And today, not only is it the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl, it's another incredible anniversary today, Naz, and perhaps you'd like to fill our listeners in on that anniversary that we're celebrating today. The 40th anniversary of Daryl Sittler's 10-point night against the Boston Bruins, 11-4 victory. Daryl Sittler, six goals, four assists. That record still holds 40 years later. And I don't think it'll ever be broken. Daryl Stittler will be on our show after Eddie Allen. So after, in the middle of the hour, we'll be talking to Daryl Sittler on the 40th anniversary. It's actually 40 years ago today that uh, six goals, four assists. It was a Saturday night game against the Boston Bruins and Naz. We were probably watching it together in your living room, probably with your dad, and he was probably going crazy. Anyways, we'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. 
Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It is Super Bowl Sunday, the 50th anniversary. And we're pleased to have join us with us this morning, a return visit to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the godfather of sports radio, the greatest sports talk radio host in history from Boston Sports Huddle. Of course, we're talking about the legendary Eddie Andelman. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. What'd you think about the intro, Eddie? Am I still doing a good job for you? <laughs> well, it's very flattering. It really is. Anyways, thanks. Thanks for joining us at Super Bowl Sunday, Eddie. I, I, I want to get this one out of the way uh, right away. Uh, tell us your prediction. Well, I'd be surprised if uh, Carolina didn't win and win easily. They're a really good team uh, on uh, uh, both sides. Oh, we've got a bad connection. Uh, Sebastian, our producer, you want to see if you can get Eddie back on the line? Have we gone dead? Yeah, he's... Anyways, we're just... There's a line uh, problem, for sure. We've got a line problem. We'll try and get get Eddie back on the line. Uh, Hopefully hopefully we're still on the air. Uh, I think what what, uh, Eddie was trying to say is, uh, and I've I've checked out his tweet, he's got Carolina lined up at 31-7. to um, yeah, Carolina. Is that, where, is that where you're seeing this game? Uh, no, I, I think Carolina is going to win, but I don't think by 31-7. The one thing, though, I have to say is Carolina has not been respected all year. They've been uh, two three-point favorites where they should have been seven or eight, and they have not uh, been given the respect. But Carolina has a very good team. And then uh, I, I think one of the reasons Carolina hasn't perhaps gotten as much respect as until – I mean – until they hit the playoffs, until they dusted off uh, Seattle, a remarkable yeah, first they, half. They killed Seattle. Arizona, though, they and they absolutely killed, killed Arizona. Arizona. Um, you know, the criticism about Carolina during the year um, was they, you know, they, the sense was they really hadn't beat anybody. Um, um, any, you know, they didn't have they didn't have the the strongest schedule out of all the uh, all the other major teams in in the NFL. But that first half against Seattle. Man, that was yeah. they that wiped was them. They dominating. wiped them out, but Seattle did come back and make it a game anyway. Anyways, do we have uh, Sebastian? Do we have Eddie on the line? Eddie, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, I'm we got right you here. back, brother. Good. We, you, we we got you cut off right in the middle of your telling us you thought this was going to be Carolina's game. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think they're a tremendous team, and he's a tremendous quarterback. Uh, uh, I, you know, quarterback is the key to pro football. Uh, and they certainly have an advantage over Peyton Manning, who, who just is not Peyton Manning anymore. I've got to ask you, Eddie, uh, of course, uh, Patriots uh, didn't get the result uh, they would have liked last week. What, what happened to the Patriots? Um, 
Um, certainly, uh, they didn't seem to be the same team. Did, did Belichick get out coached by, by Wade Phillips? Yeah, he really did. Uh, you know, very unusual. But uh, the fact is, he's starting to believe his own uh, legendary uh, status. And uh, I, I think it's really the end of the Patriots dynasty. Uh, I think it'll be heading downhill, or as they say in France, uh, at the denouement of their career. No, Eddie, uh, going back in Super Bowl history, what what were your thoughts of Terry Bradshaw when he played? Because he he won four Super Bowls. You were talking about a quarterback. How do you rank him in as the as a clutch player in the Super Bowl? Well, I think I think he's one of the best. But somehow or other, I don't know how this happened, but he had a reputation of being a dum dum, and. Uh, it was the way he talked with his accent. But he was a great football player. But that whole Pittsburgh team was filled with Hall of Famers. They were a tremendous uh, outfit. They played football the way it should be played. And I don't think he was as good as Brady or Joe Montana. Uh, but I think he was, like, way underrated. And uh, Dan Marino was way overrated. Uh, of course, talking to Eddie Andelman. Eddie, uh, you've seen, I presume, every single Super Bowl. Um, it's been 50 years today, which uh, obviously probably uh, Super Bowl three sticks out. But which which Super Bowls really really stick out in your memory as being uh, as being classic games? Well, I think the Joe Namath uh, because it was the beginning of the Super Bowl, and um, I think the most important thing was that. Uh, he became a national hero because he got paid $400,000 Sony uh, signing bonus, which at that time was so outrageous to think a professional athlete could make $400,000 because that was 48 years ago. The other one that I'll never forget would be, of course, the Patriots' first one uh, when they upset the mighty uh, St. Louis team. And uh, that was one, of course, I I remember just like the, when the Red Sox uh, uh, came back from 0-3 against the Yankees and won the World uh, won, won the American League pennant. But overall, uh, the Super Bowl has become a national holiday. Uh, I want to ask you guys: it is it is big in Canada as it is in the U.S. Oh, it's huge, Eddie. It's really huge. It's probably. Uh it, it's it's as big in in Canada as it is in the U.S. We're uh, we're all planning Super Bowl parties. Uh, it's 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 the ratings are are fantastic up here. The only thing that drives Canadians crazy, I'll tell you, Eddie, is uh, we can't see the same commercials that you guys see <laughs> down in the states. Our our, uh, our uh, of course, what what happens on Super Bowl Sunday? Everybody looks forward to the game. We all we all look forward to the commercials as well. And in Canada, what happens is we uh, the Canadian TV stations they edit out the American commercials and they put on the Canadian commercials. And of course, our commercials are nowhere near as good as yours. We get to we get to see them a couple of weeks later. But to answer your question, Eddie, it's absolutely huge. We all uh, we all have Super Bowl parties. The NFL is huge, in especially in the Toronto area, um, you know. Toronto's a market that could absolutely, absolutely uh, thrive with an NFL franchise, but not the Buffalo Bills. And we've got legions of Patriots and Steelers and Dolphin fans up here and Bills fans. So 
Yeah, it's 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 an incredible event up here, and it's really remarkable. Um, when when you remember back to the Super Bowls from the early days, did you ever envision that it would become the worldwide sporting event uh, of our of our lives? Did you ever ever even think about that? Well, I'll tell you the uh, the interesting part of this was I came down to Super Bowl three. And at that time, there was no radio row. I was the only person uh, on the radio that was there beside the, the two participating teams. And that was that way for the next five years. And then I look back now and see that there's as many as 300 radio stations broadcasting, plus cable stations, plus networks. And it has become a huge event. And it's... Uh, I'd like to see, as a matter of fact, I'd like to see Toronto and Montreal get teams. I think that'd be great. Well, it's uh, certainly in Toronto, we'd certainly look forward to it, but it's, you know, they, they figure the cost of it. Oh, we lost Eddie again. We, we got a bad. Yeah. So Eddie's down in Florida. He's enjoying the winter. We lost down. him again. We lost it again. Uh, Sebastian, please uh, please get him on the line when. Uh, uh, let us know when he's back on the line. We've got a few, a few more areas we want to talk to him about. But. Uh, you know, certainly uh, Super Bowl. I mean, the only comparable event I can even think of that's even close to it is the World Cup World final Cup in of soccer. soccer. Yeah, that's the only one. I mean, I guess in North America, we tend to look at things with our... You know why? Because it's one game. Like, the Stanley Cup is seven games, and NBA Basketball Championship is a seven-game series. But it's a final game, and that's, that's, what it, that's the attraction, right? The World Cup final, the Super Bowl, that's the attraction. Eddie, we got you back. Yeah, are you guys paying your phone bill? I don't know. No, I know no. we're gonna have to. We have to figure this one out. We don't know what's going on, but hey, we'll 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 keep going here, Eddie. I want to want to take uh, discussion in a, in a you know we'll talk about Super Bowl, but football as well. Uh, what's uh, a, a gentleman who's come in for intense criticism gave his uh, State of the Union address. I think it was Thursday, which is Commissioner uh, Ralph Goodell. Um, what do you think about him as a commissioner, uh, Eddie? Uh, Eddie, I mean, uh, I mean, the commissioner role in the past has been such. You've had such incredible people who have been commissioners, especially the first one, Pete Rozelle, and then uh, I mean, I can't remember who came. It was Italia Boo after that, and I've sort of lost track. But Goodell doesn't seem to be of the same caliber as the, as, as his predecessors. Is that your impression? Yeah, I think that. Um they ought to get rid of them now, uh, in my own opinion. I, I really think that if the players don't have any confidence in them whatsoever, and basically the media, except for a few bum kisses, um, doesn't like them, I think Roselle was the master of public relations. They're making so much money uh, in pro football now uh, that they got to protect the game. And... Um, I think the offer they made on the concussions uh, was so poor in relation to the damage that was done. I don't think the players are ever going to trust them. Eddie, uh, getting back to the Super Bowl today, why has Carolina been so disrespected all year? They seem to be a team that nobody wants to give them any credit. Why do you think that? Well, I'd like to not think it's about anything racist. Uh, but I think that's part of it. But I also think that, uh, you know, Charlotte is not a major market. Uh, I mean, you might answer by saying, well, neither is Green Bay. But Green Bay was an original franchise 
and one of the original franchises. And, of course, they had Vince Lombardi and, and uh, many great players, many Hall of Famers. I don't know about uh, Charlotte, whether they've ever had a Hall of Fame player. And secondly, I do think there is a bit of racism involved. Look, this guy, uh, quarterback, is a combination fullback. Uh, I mean, he's everything. He is the whole package. And I don't think this is going to be uh, the end of their Super Bowl appearances. I think they very well might be one of the best teams for the next five, six years. Uh, I, I don't know. We, we got cut off, but do you guys think there's any chance of Montreal and Toronto uh, getting a uh, franchise? Uh, NFL franchise? Uh, yeah. I see a potential for Toronto. I see no potential for Montreal whatsoever. The economics in Toronto, uh, in Canada, make with the Canadian dollar uh, being what it is today, make it very difficult. You need a stadium. You need a billion-dollar stadium. You need a billion dollars for a stadium, you need a billion dollars for a franchise, and you've got a currency that's, uh, that's uh, below water right now. It's, it's going to be really difficult. And then, of course, you also have, Eddie, the, over, uh, the overarching, I think, uh, um, uh, problem with, I, I've always felt the NFL doesn't want to step on the toes of the CFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you put a, a franchise in Toronto... Uh, NFL franchise, the effect that that would have on the CFL, uh, I think the NFL would be tremendously concerned about that. Uh, otherwise, Toronto would be, you know, I don't know how many people in the U.S. realize this, but Toronto's probably the third or fourth biggest fourth market. largest market in, uh, in North, North America. America. Uh, we're growing exponentially every year. We're going to be 10 million people probably in about 20, 25 years' time. It's the economic injury of the <laughs> engine of the country. There's no question we can support an NFL franchise, and we'd love it. But are we going to see it? Uh, Probably not in the next 10 years. I would doubt it, Eddie. Eddie, we got just uh, a couple of minutes left with you. I want to take you to a different, uh, and certainly I'm going to be down in Florida in the in the next little while. I'm going to I'm going to buzz you, Eddie, and we're going to we can continue that conversation. Uh, There's a gentleman who passed away earlier this year, and we talked about him on our show earlier this year, and he got admitted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame last night was uh, the snake, Kenny Stabler. And uh, I always thought it was an injustice that he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. I thought he was a Hall of Fame player. He was was an incredible quarterback on an incredible team in an incredible era of the NFL. And I, I just find it sad that... I learned this morning that he's now in the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, but he didn't get there while he was still alive. Your thoughts, Eddie? Well, I think he was a big key in in the eventual merger of the AFL and the NFL. You know, if you recall, the National Football League used to play their games at 1 o'clock, and there was no second game. And uh, the AFL was smart enough one year to draft the best quarterbacks available and then they would play a wide open game, and and Stabler was a character, and people loved him, and and I think that uh, uh, people, uh, myself, I used to tune in when he when he played uh, for the Raiders. I would always tune in because I loved the way he played. You know, I'll tell you a funny quick story. Um, I used to broadcast in Copley Square, which is a main thoroughfare in Boston, and uh, I had him as a guest. He had a uh, a book called The Snake. 
and I had him on the air. When I came downstairs when the show was over, I walked down with Ken. There was a mob, a huge mob. And uh, I have had many great athletes, and, and there was never a huge mob. But people loved him, and they all had the same reason. They all were down money, and the snake would bail them out. Uh, the second <laughs> game, they'd all be calling their bookies. And, and of course, uh, he had so many fantastic comebacks. But he, he was a, uh, one of the most clutch players I've ever seen. Yeah, he was certainly uh, certainly incredible memories of Ken the Snake Stapler. Listen, Eddie, we've run out of time. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna certainly give you a buzz when I'm down in Florida in the next month or so. I want to want to catch up with you. To pay. And I'm I'm gonna take you up on that offer. And uh, no burger place. Not gonna be some cheap hamburger. Place. No, it's not gonna be. And I'm gonna take advantage of the fact that you got some U.S. dollars in my wallet. It cost me a little bit too much money having to use Canadian funds down there. Listen, Eddie, we'll see you soon. We've got WrestleMania coming up in a couple of months. We'd love to chat with you on WrestleMania Sunday because nobody knows more wrestling stories than than Eddie Andelman, and we certainly want to take advantage of that. Listen, Eddie, it's well, always guys a blast. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to meeting you. I look forward to uh, sitting down with you as well, Eddie. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a nice day. Of course, that was uh, Eddie Andelman. Apologize to our listeners for a he couple. He brings of, uh, back that burger joint, right? Yeah, Paul. he sure does. But we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna exercise his U.S. dollars a little bit more lavishly than that this time. But uh, certainly, we apologize to our listeners for a couple of technical glitches. But uh, we think we got a few Eddie Andelman stories in. We've got to go to break because coming after break, we have to celebrate another anniversary. We will have with us Daryl Sittler, forty years ago today, ten points. 40,000 games later, it's still the NHL record. It's one of those records that in our lifetimes we never may never see broken. We'll, we'll be right back with Daryl Siller. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings. And you get the really big pizza deal for just $29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can listen to us on 96.7 FM. February 7th, 1976, 40 years ago today, a record was set that may never be broken. That, of course, was Daryl Sittler's 10-point night against the Boston Bruins. And we're pleased to have with us this morning to celebrate that remarkable achievement, Daryl Sittler himself. Good morning, Daryl. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to your listeners and to you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's hard to believe, 40 years, Daryl, but uh, when you woke up this morning, uh, is that the first thing you thought about? Well, not really, but um, <laughs> what, uh, it's been a busy week. I don't know if you guys saw the game on yeah, Thursday. The sure organization uh, had a nice little ceremony. It was nice to uh, for them to invite the, the players that played in that game uh, back to uh, Toronto with uh, a guest of theirs or their wife or spouse or whatever, and then uh, to invite Dave Reese back. And he was so gracious in attending and... Uh, it just made a, a really nice evening for, for all of us and the fans that uh, were there at the game. So, Daryl, were you in shock when Dave Reese said that he named his first dog after you, Daryl Sittler? <laughs> you know or what? Sittler, I, yeah. uh, I'd heard that before, and, uh, and so I verified it with him uh, the other night, and he said he did. Uh, but he said he's an animal lover, so the dog was, uh, he gave the dog extra affection uh, and not uh, not the other side of things. So, but. He uh, he takes it all in stride. I mean, uh, he realizes he realizes the timing of that game, uh, the fact that uh, Jerry Tevers was coming back from the World Hockey, and that Jules Gilbert was coming back from an injury. That it would be a, it would be his last game, not because of the performance, but because of uh, just the timing of everything. But uh, he played 14 games. He had a couple shutouts, and uh, he had things going for him. But that night, uh, everything from my side of things uh, turned into a goal or a point on the on the scoreboard. But uh, I told him the other day when I was with him, first of all, when we were walking out on the ice, he had the puck to hand out. He said, now, don't fumble it in front of everybody. He starts <laughs> laughing. 
And then the other thing I said, you know, the reason we're all celebrating this night is because of you, you know. You're responsible for this <laughs> record, so uh, he's good, good sport. What did it mean to you with your uh, old teammates there being there that night? Well, it was nice. You know, some of them I hadn't seen for quite a while, like Gordy McCray, and, uh, you know, I don't see Errol Thompson a lot. Uh, some of the other alumni around the city, but uh, Dave Dunn hadn't seen him for quite a while. It was nice that Red Kelly, who's in his 80s, uh, he made uh, a point to be there and come out nice. Uh, Jim Gregory was the general manager who drafted me back then, so it was nice. It's nice uh, our organization uh, uh, spends the money and the time to put it together. I've had so many uh, comments of people who watch the ceremony, whether they were at the game or watched it on TV, and thought that our organization did a first-class uh, job of it. And from my standpoint, I uh, certainly appreciate uh, them doing it and, and recognizing the record. I was proud to do it in Leaf and Oform and, and uh, proud to still hold this record 40 years later. Yeah, Daryl, I we, we did watch the ceremony the other night and, you know, watched it on uh, on video on the Leafs, uh, on the Leafs website. And uh, uh, some athletes, uh, uh, you know, they, they sort of... Uh, I wouldn't say minimize their accomplishments, but you, you, you certainly looked like you were thoroughly enjoying yourself the other night, and you're extremely proud. I, I got the sense that you're extremely proud of that accomplishment, and uh, and it's remarkable that uh, almost forty thousand games later, uh, yeah. nobody's come within a point of it. Well, you, you know, you're right. I, you know, I, I am proud, and I look at that, you know, um, every year. Uh, Come February, people bring it up. There's a book out called My Leaf Sweater that, uh, when it was launched in, I think, 92, I guess it was, um, I had no idea the magnitude of it, but it's a story about a kid who wanted a Leaf jersey of mine and couldn't get it, but ended up, got some tickets to that game, and it made his night to know that he was there as a kid to watch Daryl Sittler's 10 point game. Well, that book has sold a lot of copies. You know, a lot of people who have kids or grandkids uh, buy that book because they're Leaf fans. And even all these years later, since I've retired, I go, you know, I'm in the public doing some signings and those sorts of things, and families come up to me, and that's their child's favorite book, or their, uh, you know, the, the kid feels he knows me because uh, even though I haven't played for all these years, but I'm his favorite player, so to speak. So those sorts of things are nice. The other thing I'd mention is uh, a number of times it happens so often that people come up and say, I, I remember where I was that night. I was uh, six years old in my pajamas. I was, uh, you know, had a wedding night and you stole my thunder, so to speak. You know, I mean, there's all different stories that go with it. So, you know, again, when it happened, I had no idea the magnitude and, and moving here we are 40 years later, um, what it uh, means to so many people. The other thing, when the Leafs came to me back in November, said, Daryl, we'd like to acknowledge your night. And they said they'll do it as big or as little as, as I want. I said, listen, I'll just leave it up to you. I won't get involved in it. You do whatever you feel is the right thing that you want to do, and I'll totally go along with it. So that's how the evening uh, presented itself. Uh, was, I give them all the credit for it. Your pregame diet that day, <laughs> you what you had before you played, but what was it? And did you ever cash in from the uh, people at Swiss Shelley? Well, you know... Uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned that, like normally you have a routine the day of the game, and you you know you, you go down a pregame skate. Then you come home and usually have you know something around one o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon, uh, and then have a little bit of a nap. Well, Wendy, she was uh, eight months pregnant with uh, Megan at the time, and she was out running errands. And I knew I was behind schedule, and I knew if I went home, I'd have to make something myself. So I thought I'll just run into Swiss Shelley, get the takeout, right? 
So I grabbed the chicken and the fries, and I remember totally eating it on the, I had it on the front seat of the car because I wanted to get it kind of woofed down before I got home so I could have my quick nap. And uh, uh, did I capitalize on it? Swiss Chalet did send me a gift certificate oh, quite a while ago for 500 bucks, <laughs> and uh, you can buy a lot of chicken for 500 bucks back then. So uh, yeah, it was nice. But uh, I tried it a few times after that, and uh, hey, I still eat Swiss Chalet, but uh, not scoring 10 points in old-timers hockey anymore. Yeah, going <laughs> back, you mean you uh, you got the $500 gift here in Swiss Chalet, but at, at the time, uh, I think I think the day before, a couple of days before, uh, I think Ballard took a shot at you in, in the media. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was he was looking for a center, but uh, I'll, I'll let you go, I'll let you tell that story, and then afterwards you can tell the story about how Harold Ballard made it up to you after the 10-point game. Well, you know, you know, in those early days with the Leafs and even after I'd left, Harold, uh, you know, he'd always you know, grab a headline. The media loved him because um, you, you, as a media person, you knew you might get something that would make a headline uh, from Harold. And uh, <clears throat> that particular week before, uh, I don't think we were doing that well. And, and uh, Errol Thompson is a great player in Lanny, great players. Um, um, he commented if only he could find a center to put between them. And obviously it was a little bit of a shot at me because I had lots of success before that. But Red Kelly, give Red Kelly uh, credit. He was the coach. He put us together, and uh, and we had a successful line. And I, I mentioned that the fact that the three of us were good offensively, but with Boria Salming and Ian Turnbull on the back end there, they were great at coming up and kind of being the fourth forward uh, offensive. Uh, and I looked at a lot of the replays, and, and sure, they're, Ian's got a great shot, and they're coming up the ice at full speed and uh, give us an opportunity to scoring chances. But, yeah, after the fact uh, <clears throat> um, a month later, Harold uh, had Wendy and I and my little son Ryan, who was two at the time, to center ice and presented us with a beautiful antique uh, tea service. Still have it. A nice tray inscripted on it is the commemorative 10.9 Harold Ballard's signature. So, uh, you know, I've always liked Harold. Uh, um, you know, the controversy of the media, that, that happens because of the nature of the personality, but uh, for the most part, he, he was a pretty good guy. You know? Daryl, we're talking to Daryl Sittler. It's the 40th anniversary today, February 7th, of, of the infamous 10-point night against the Boston Bruins. And what's sometimes lost in the whole story, I mean, Dave Reese may not have been their number one goalie, but Boston Bruins were one of the best teams in the league that year. So it wasn't like your 10 points was against uh, an inferior opposition. You were playing one of the best teams in the league. Well, we were, and they were, They were. Um, I was reading in the paper there this morning, there was a little article in Star yesterday on it, and uh, Don Cherry had mentioned that I think they uh, they were on a six-game winning streak, and I think they only lost one out of 16, and that was the game they lost to us, the 11-4. So, you know, like... And the reality of sport is, having played uh, 15 years and, and, and watching it today, uh, the unthinkable can happen. And people say, well, how can the Bruins have an off night? Well, just for whatever reasons, if the puck had eyes, I mean, a lot of those shots were just inside the post. You can't say Reese, uh, you know. They were good shots, Daryl. <laughs> there were some good shots, you know. Yeah. One of them dipped, and uh, the last one behind the net when I yeah. threw the puck out, I mean, it was just one of those things that, unfortunately happened for Dave Reese, but from our standpoint, uh, original 16 Maple Leaf Gardens, Saturday night, coast-to-coast hockey night in Canada, the building's buzzing, uh, it's the Bruins and and the Leafs, so uh, we all embraced uh, those types of games and uh, to score 11 goals in the Bruins at home, and at that time, too, Harold had just put a um, 
a horn in the building. It was a bit a bit annoying. I said, you know, does that charge? And you scored and. So that night it got lots of use, which was great. There, I want to ask you, I mean, it's been it's been reported that the first time uh, it was brought to your attention, what you were accomplishing was in between the second and the third period. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Stan Abodiak came down to you uh, during the in, during that intermission and, to, and basically <clears throat> brought you up to speed as to where you stood. Uh, yeah. And uh, was that the first time you realized uh, how close you were getting to the record? Yeah, like at the end of the first, I had two assists, I guess, and then the yeah. third or second period, of, you know, to add on five. I mean, you, how often do you score five uh, points in a period? So at the end of the the second, I had no idea what the record was, and really didn't have it on my head uh, going into the uh, the intermission that I was near a record. But Stan came to me, said Daryl Rocket Richard in the forties had uh, forty four, I think it was, had eight. If you get another one in the third period, you tie the record. So. Going out in the third period, I mean, you, you're just going out with the same enthusiasm, momentum, and, uh, you know, it just kind of all fell into place again, getting another hat trick. And um, at the time, did I think the record was going to be standing here uh, all these 40 years later? I, I can honestly say in the Gretzky era when Wayne was getting 200 and some points a year and Mario Lemieux putting up points all the time, I thought those would probably be the two guys that would have a shot at, at beating them both. Wayne had eight uh, points twice, and Mario had eight points three times. So, I mean, that in itself is unbelievable to have eight points in a game three times in your career, but uh, um, to have nine and ten, it, it's going to be a really difficult record to break. We all know that. Uh, I think somebody the other day said to me, uh, since two, the year 2000, there's only been uh, six or eight games or something like that that there's been ten goals scored by one team hmm. in a game. So it, it kind of shows you the magnitude of... Uh, how difficult it'll be to, to tie or beat the, beat the records. Yeah, the the 10 goals hasn't been scored at all this year, and I think last year I think it was once, but uh, you're oh, yeah. right, uh, 10 goals are very difficult to do. Now, are you a uh, NFL fan? You know, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm one of those guys that jump on the bandwagon, go and visit some friends, sit down and watch it, pretend I, I know a little bit about it. But, hey, I, I like Peyton Manning. I've always... Uh, you know, appreciate any athlete that has the success that he has had and the longevity of a career. So, uh, in saying that, I would love to see Peyton Manning uh, go out with a, another Super Bowl and uh, and probably retire at the end of the year. So. Uh, we're talking to Daryl Sittler. Daryl, one last uh, one last question. I mean, 1976 was really. Uh, an incredibly remarkable year for you. I mean, everything other than you didn't win the Stanley Cup, everything else went your way that year. I mean, another remarkable playoff performance, I think five goals in a playoff game. Uh, and, of course, you, you finished it off with the, with the Canada Cup uh, winning goal uh, against the Czechs. Uh, certainly a year that you certainly remember. Uh, are are those, uh, th- those three highlights uh, certainly stick out in your mind? Well, they do, and in between that, on March the 12th, 76, my daughter oh. Megan uh, was born, too. So Even more important. More important, yeah. that's right. Um, and then uh, on her first birthday, I scored my 200th goal, so on March 12th. So sometimes the numbers and things happen for a reason, and you remember those dates. But the 76 Canada Cup, <laughs> as we all know how important 72 was to Canada, and then having a, uh, a tournament or a series uh, in, our, in our backyard in Montreal and Toronto, to be selected on the team at age 25 amongst the guys like Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito was on that team, Bobby Hall, younger guys like Guy Lafleur and Marcel Dion. But that was the highlight of uh, you know my playing career because 
Never was fortunate to be on a Stanley Cup team, but to represent Canada to win the uh, the, the Canada Cup and to score the overtime goal is a, a moment in time that I'll always remember. Certainly, uh, certainly, you left uh, us with a, an incredible amount of indelible memories, Daryl. Um, it's certainly been a pleasure talking to you on the 40th anniversary uh, of, of of an incredible night that you say. Uh, you know, people remember where they were, and Naz and I were chatting about it uh, earlier. Naz and I used to do a sports talk radio show in the in the 1970s. So, uh, and Saturday nights we used to usually hang around Naz's uh, Naz's living room with his dad, watching the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know you, I know Naz's dad was a big fan of yours, and Naz and I have always been big fans of yours, Daryl. Wow. And uh, we certainly uh, we certainly thank you so much for coming. Uh, coming on the show this morning and sharing uh, sharing your memories of such an incredible evening. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on and look forward to the next time we chat. Thanks so much, Daryl. Thank you. Have a Take nice care. day. That, of course, was uh, Daryl Sittler. You know what, Naz, we've been on a pretty good run lately. You know, just think of the legends that we've interviewed in the last month and a half. And not, not so much, and you're talking about... Um, Incredible hockey players, but quality gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, we, amazing, we've had Daryl Sittler twice. Uh, we had Dave Keon for an entire hour. We've had Marcel Dion. We've had Ivan Cornway, Scotty Bowman, Harry Neal. I mean, it's just it's you know talking Paul Beeson. Paul Beeson talking to these guys is such a such a pleasure. It's it's beyond belief, and the stories they tell and the class that they exude. And the graciousness that they show, I mean, these guys, you know, young athletes, man, you want, you want to, you want to model yourselves after, you know, follow the, follow, watch how these guys comport themselves and watch how these guys played. And I spoke to a Hall of Famer just uh, Oh, tell us day. a little bit about that story. Uh, he's going to be on our show in the next couple of weeks. Tony Kubek. Remember Tony Kubek? Yeah, he's, sure do. He was like the pioneer for television, for Blue Jays baseball. Yeah. He put Toronto on the map. And what a guy. Like, I was in conversation with him for a good five minutes, and uh, he'll be a great guest. And those are the type of guys that uh, have the stories. They tell it all. Anyways, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a few minutes left on the show. We've got, a, we've got time to take some calls. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, read out the numbers. Time for some quick calls. For area code 416-360-0740. Toll free, one 740 Four seven four zero. By all means, give us a call. I'll read them to you really quickly again. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. By all means, give us a call. We'd love to chat sports with you. Uh, I do want to do a little promo announcement to our good friends at the Health and Wellness Expo. There's a Health and Wellness Expo happening up in Vaughan. This actually, it's starting right now. It's going on right now at the Monte Casino Event Center in Woodbridge at 140 Jevland Drive from 9:30 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. this annu- this afternoon. It's the third annual Our Health and Wellness Expo. Uh, it's going to showcase 60 local businesses that specialize in the health sector. I've been to one last year. Please, if you're interested in health and all things health, nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, go there. There are a lot of free giveaways, a lot of interesting exhibits, a lot of uh, uh, really, if you want to pursue those types of passions, it's at the Monte Casino Event Center in Woodbridge, 930 to 330 this afternoon.
We have Kevin from Buffalo. Good morning, Kevin. How are you this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. And and once again, another outstanding show. So great to hear Daryl Sittler. And a quick observation on Connor McDavid, uh, back with the Edmonton Oilers, and a thought of the day, say if Connor McDavid becomes on a roll the second half of the year for Rookie of the Year, and here in Buffalo with Jack Eichel and the Blackhawks' fine player, do you think not playing a full NHL year that Mr. McDavid could be Rookie of the Year? And it's just an interesting thought being out and coming back. But what what a great for hockey. He's going to be a great player, and it will add so much excitement. Yes. Oh, I, I think that uh, if they make the playoffs, and McDavid is a big part of it, and comes back, I think he'll win Rookie of the Year. But they have to make the playoffs. Uh, Kevin, thanks for the call. It's a very good question. Um, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, he's a great player. He's he, going to be a terrific player, hockey player. But he's missed uh, over 30 games, hasn't he? So, you, you know, to get somebody as, as rookie of the year only playing 50 to 51 games, the other, the other issue is, I mean, there's some other outstanding candidates. It's, it's not. Yeah, you know, the Russian player that plays for. Uh, oh, Penarin? Yeah. Chicago? Y- you know what? He's 24 years old. Like, yeah, but that's I, never I, made I a difference. It, I know, but. To me, a rookie at 24, not so certain. I mean, Makarov was a rookie at 27 yeah, and, and 28, it, and, and they changed it, right? Yeah, they changed the 24 role. years old, not sure. Uh, I see your point. Uh, I see your point. Um, but those, you know, as the, as the NHL says, those are the rules. That's mm-hmm. why John Scott eventually made it into the All-Star game. If you don't like the rules, change the rules. But um, I, I think it's going to be tough for McDavid. Unless he gets, I mean, unless he gets into the sixty-five point range. Oh, I think he can do and that. He can do it. He can do that. I, I think if I think if he averages over, and, and and a lot of it depends on on you know Eichel's picking up. Uh, he's picking up his pace now too, and he's one hell of a player. Eichel's a great. player. Oh, he's too. A, he's a you know in any other in any other draft year, he's he's number one easy. You know, I mean, you got McDavid, who's a generational talent. Eichel's not far off. I've watched him play. I mean, he's going to be a dominant center in this league for a long time. I'll tell you what, uh, McDavid's goal the other night, where he went oh. around the two Columbus defensemen, he looked like, remember looked, Gilbert Perrault? Gilbert he Pro. used to play like that and just go right around people, and you don't do that. Well, they were comparing that to the Mario Lemieux goal against, yeah. uh, against the Minnesota, Minnesota so, North yeah, Stars. Remember yeah. that one? Except he didn't get dragged down like Lemieux, and Lemieux scored. Yeah, but yeah. but it, uh, McDavid's a hell of a player, one heck of a player. So um, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, he's exceptional. He's exceptional, and he's got uh, how many games left in the season? 25, 30? Well, they got close to 30 games left. So, is that 20, what we're at now? 27, I like think that? it is. 27 games uh, left. You know, if he scores he scores 40 points, uh, 40 points, 40, 45 points, he, he gets into the discussion. He certainly does. And he's, he's really capable of doing that. The no Oilers, question. The Oilers uh, are going to be good. You, I saw them yesterday. They lost to Montreal. Montreal hasn't beaten anybody lately, but they beat... They beat uh, Edmonton five one last yesterday, and you can see they up front they're just uh, very talented at Edmonton. Well, they've got to get you know what their their problem is they're overly talented. They got they got to mix it up a little bit, and uh, you know they say Nugent Hopkins may be heading out of town, and they've got to maybe bring in a stud defenseman. But uh, 
We've got uh, we've got half a minute left, Naz, and uh, quick prediction. I know you. I know you're thinking Panthers. Give us a score. Thirty-five twenty-two for Carolina. Thirty-five. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The defense. Uh, Denver has a, a really good defense, and they rank number one. But I think Carolina is going to score thirty-five points. Thirty-one ten, Carolina. There mark, you go. Mark them down. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's been another week for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening in. Uh, don't forget to head over to Pizzaville this afternoon. Give them a call if you need pizza and wings. Uh, certainly, uh, they'll they'll take care of you this afternoon. And have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.